The Stardust Tower is a magnifying glass into philanthropic minds. Here you could learn about female talent, the divine feminine, women's leadership genius and creative energy. I hope you will step into each inside story with an open mind so you could yourself reimagine who you could be next. Please join me, Marina Nani, on the Stardust Hour podcast for Rich Human Magazine. We want to give your Sunday with the most amazing people. And if you are here, it's no accident. I have the privilege of introducing you somebody you might know, but I think it's time to make a meaningful connection. Pete Cohen. Pete Cohen has been the resident life coach on ITV's GMTV for 12 years. And to me and to everybody at Rich Human Society and our network of uh, publication, Pete Cohen is the Napoleon Hill of 21st century. Pete coaches business leaders, executives, corporate teams, and sporting stars to achieve their dream. He excels at getting people to think outside the box, believe in themselves, and get motivated to take positive actions. He is the author of um, 20 books. I think 21st is coming up, and I can't wait to to write about it. several of which are already bestsellers across the world in multiple languages. Please go to uh, Pete Cohen's uh, website and you are going to learn more about him because I feel that not only that Pete coach, mentor and work with corporation and also world-class sporting stars and teams uh, and helping them to, to reach peak performance, but I think he understands better than any of us that positivity is at the heart of progress. Pete, welcome, and uh, it's a true privilege to to have you here as a guest. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This is a room I've been in so many times. This is such a great room because you never know what's going to go down. You never know who's going to come in. You never know what part of the world the person is from. And uh, I've met some amazing people in this room, so I'm extremely grateful to Will and Kenny and Jan and everybody else a lot of people here that have become you know friends it's so strange isn't it people that have become friends that you've never actually physically met in person and yesterday i met one of the people who i've met on clubhouse but i never actually met until yesterday the only thing that i find unique about when you do meet people on clubhouse is just the size of the person whether they're smaller or taller than what you thought but yesterday i met someone who was actually the height that i thought he was going to be in my mind what i've pictured but everything else was just like meeting someone that you've known all your life And that's the power of audio. Audio is an incredible place. I was supposed to be in this room like 15 minutes ago, but we were running in a room that overran. And a lot of those people have just come into this room. And it was an epic room. It was an unbelievable room where people were just sharing some things about themselves that are truly epic. So thank you so much, Dr. Marina, for what you said about me. I'm very humbled by you. And I think I'm going to talk about the subject of you know, positivity. And I think positivity is a little bit overrated, personally. I think being positive is nice. But I think there's something else that is beyond positivity. And that's being a bit neutral to observe the experience of being yourself. So my background is in psychology. I'm fascinated by human beings. I'm fascinated by the experience of being you. In fact, if you ask someone the question, how are you? That's actually a very biblical thing to say. 
and I'm not going to dive into you know the Bible and religion. There's some great stories in there, but there's some better stories that are coming, and that's the story of your life, I believe, and where your life is going and what you choose to do with what you have. I'm excited by that. I'm genuinely excited by the possibilities that exist for all of us to become more than we currently are right now. But how are you means, really, it means how are you with God? And again, I don't want to dive into that. I would like to say, how are you with yourself? What is the experience like of being you? If I were you for one day and I had access to everything you think and everything you felt, what sort of a day would I come out having had? Would I come out going, wow, that was amazing. I can't wait for tomorrow. Or would I come out going, that was a bit tough. That was hard work. You might say, but it depends. It depends on what? Well, it could depend on what day it is or what's happened on the day, or it could just be depend on your philosophy of life. And the thing I'm most interested in is your philosophy. Because I personally believe there's only one way, one way in life. That's your way. I, I, my coach, when he was alive, he told me truth doesn't reside outside of you. Truth doesn't reside in, he even used to say, truth doesn't reside in religion. It doesn't rely, it relies in you. It, it ultimately decides in who you become. Now, I could say some fairly controversial things. So I know that a lot of people who are very devout in what they believe. And I've often said to them, how do you know you've picked the right belief? How do you know? They said, what do you mean? I said, you're Jewish, right? And I said, you know, how do you know you've picked the right religion? Have you tried a different religion? Have you tried it on with the same intensity that you have that religion? Have you tried Islam, which I think is one of the most misunderstood religions on earth, to be honest? Have you tried Christianity? Have you tried Buddhism? Have you really tried them? Have you really looked at the world with a fresh pair of eyes? Now, of course, some people, when you have those conversations with people, it's, no, I know I'm right. Okay, then you're right then. But it's great when you can look at the world through someone else's eyes and not look at it and judge it and just see it for what it is. Because for me, positive thinking is important, but there are, there's more to life than being positive. That's my belief. And I'm not here to tell anyone that I'm right and you're wrong because I think there's probably a rebel in you that will rebel against being told. Who likes to be told? You see, Dr. Marina mentioned about Napoleon Hill I'm a massive fan of Nap- any association with the Napoleon Hill Foundation or any is, wow, thank you so much. And some of you know this story, but I, I was, I, I talked to about 25,000 people in Vegas and the Napoleon Hill Foundation were there speaking on their behalf, talking about Think and Grow Rich. I had a copy of the book on the stage, which I've had for many years. And Napoleon Hill's grandson was actually in the audience. It was like, and Sharon Letcher was there as well, who, if it wasn't for Sharon, then the book Outwitting the Devil wouldn't be, you know, what it is to this day. It, it might never have become t- to be published. When we talk about, and, and it was amazing being on that stage and, and speaking about your definiteness of purpose, but Napoleon Hill's grandson came up to me afterwards and, and basically said to me, a lot of people misunderstood what Napoleon Hill was saying because he was talking less about what you want and more about who you need to be and I find that really fascinating I think when people tell you their why I think great you've got a massive why but what is the chance of you fulfilling the why that you have 
and I would say in most cases, very unlikely. Because your why is missing something. And I think it's missing the who are you in the future? So as a sports psychologist, if someone comes to work with me, I'm sure you would imagine the sort of questions I would ask someone. The first question would be, what do you want? And most cases, they won't tell me what they want. They'll tell me what they don't want. They've come to me because they've got a problem. They haven't come to me because, you know, there's something in their way. There's something that's stopping them. And that's always an interesting conversation to have. But ultimately, we have to get to a point, what do you want? And they'll probably say something, I want to win. I want, and I'll say, how will you know you've won? And they go, what do you mean? I say, well, how would you know? What would you see? If you were seeing a movie of yourself having won, what would you see? And they go, what? We've got a hot mic. We'd see, in, invariably, what we'd see is, he'd say, or they would say, that she would say, I would see the gold medal being put around my neck at the Olympics. I say, that's brilliant, fantastic. Do you know what I think? I think that's not you. I say, I don't believe that that's you. That, if, you wouldn't be here if that was you. It could be you, but that person is fundamentally different to who you are. Now, you could say... I just need to be positive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's going to make all the difference. It might help to be positive, but you're going to have to need to seriously reinvent yourself if that's what you want, because you're not that person right now. You could be that person. Your imagination is giving you the gift of possibility. I'd love to help you become that person, but what is it you'd have to stop doing and what is it you'd have to start doing? This is for me where... What a great conversation to have. I love Simon Sinek. I love his work on why, but I just think it's massively overrated because the likelihood of any of us being anywhere different to where we are next year is extremely unlikely because we haven't learned to outwit ourselves. And this is what Napoleon Hill was talking about. Again, just from my perspective, I am not here to tell anyone that I am right and you're wrong and you should listen to me. I don't think you should listen to me. You can listen to me. I think you should listen to yourself. Deep down, what are you telling yourself? Napoleon Hill wrote Think and Grow Rich. It was finished. It was finished in 1929, I believe. But he didn't see the book through. So many of us who come up with things, we don't see them through. He got lured back into the corporate world. He got lured into making money. So he made money. And he was involved with a, a publishing company and they had a newspaper. He was senior within the company. And they were going to print an article about a gang and he was shot dead. This guy, not Napoleon Hill. This guy was shot dead. And uh, Napoleon Hill got a phone call. Oh, by the way, did you know Alexander Graham Bell did not want to have a phone in his office? Isn't that amazing? He also started AT&T. Do you know he didn't want a phone in his office because he didn't want to be distracted from doing his deepest work? When I heard that the other day, I thought, that's incredible. What is the work that any of us in this room want to do? Do we need to be positive about it? I think being positive is great, but we need to be a lot more than positive. We need to be resolute. We need to be disciplined. We need to be determined. Discipline, I believe, equals freedom, but that's not a word that many people like because most of us will rebel against discipline. Most of us will rebel against being told what to do. Now, I'm like, I'm a rebel, just like Jesus. Jesus was a rebel, wasn't he? But Jesus had a cause. He was a rebel with a cause. 
For many, for much of my life, I was a rebel without a cause. That's why a lot of people get into drugs and alcohol because they're rebelling. But once you can have a, a cause that you're fighting for, that I believe it's if it's in front of you, just like Gandhi said, to be the change that you want to see in this world because you can see something in front of you. You can see the person that you want to be. What did he mean by that? He knew that he wasn't the right person. He knew he had to transform. He was a failed lawyer who found himself on a train in South Africa and he was humiliated when he was told to get up and go to and sit in another carriage, sit in the area where the Indians were. They were Indian-only section. It was a black-only section. And that lit a fire in him that never went out. He stood up for the rights of Indians in South Africa. He then decided to do something even bigger. And what did he do? He did something which never had been done before. What could you do that's never been done before that is going to require you to be positive but a lot more? And you don't have to be Gandhi, but Gandhi stopped a war with peace. Look what Gandhi did. Look who he influenced. He influenced Dr. Martin Luther King. What did Do Martin Luther King do? What could we do? What did Martin Luther King say? He said, the most important question we should be asking each other is, what can I do for you? So I'm asking every single one of you in this room right now, however many there are, I'm not looking, but what can I do for you? Is that not one of the greatest questions we could be asking to change the world? What can I do for you? Just going back to Napoleon Hill, he was given a death threat. He was told, if you don't leave those offices in an hour, you'll be shot dead. He went into a massive depression for seven years, six, seven years of his life. I think he lived with his parents or his grandparents. And he used to get up and walk every night and just walk. And then one day he was walking and he just stopped in his footstep and he couldn't move. He was like, just couldn't move. And he heard this voice inside his head talking to him. Some people would call that voice the genius, the moral authority. I dare you to go and Google the word genius when, you, when we finish today or this room never closes. So whenever you have a spare moment, go and Google the etymology of the word genius and you might be surprised to hear what the word means. The Romans believed every house had a genius. Every person had a genius inside them that was talking to them. I just think most of us don't listen to that voice. We listen to the duck or the devil that wants us to stay put, that wants us to be like everyone else. Outwitting the devil. Napoleon Hill basically realized that if he didn't start living the 17 principles and think and grow rich, he would burn the book. He would burn, think and grow rich. He didn't. What people don't realize is the principles don't make any difference without the application to do something about it. We can all buy a self-help book. We can get on a course. We can listen to so much wisdom that people share, especially in this room. Wisdom dropped, knowledge dropped. But without the drive to act, without the drive to implement what you're being told because you're, you're compelled to do something. So I'd love to know what is everyone in this room compelled to do that you so compelled to do it that you would actually pay for the privilege to do it i'm compelled to help people outwit themselves because that's what napoleon hill realized that there was a de the book outwitting the devil was finished in 1938 and a lot of people don't realize that if he, it was only through him doing that that he was able to live the principles of think and grow rich and outwitting the devil was kept from the world for 72 years it was published in 2011 because Napoleon Hill, some of the things he was saying, his wife said, we cannot publish a book called Outwitting the Devil. Can you imagine in America outwitting 
that book coming out in 1938 in a very religious part of the world, no way. He already received flack from, from Think and Grow Rich, talking about cosmic habit force, criticizing education, criticizing some aspects of religion. His wife said no. But the, if you've never read the book, now I've written 20 books, and people say, which one of your books should I read? I say, I'd read Outwitting the Devil. But you can listen to the book if you want. You can listen to it. It's on YouTube. As you realize the conversation that Napoleon Hill was having with himself. See, whatever we look at, when we look at religion or philosophy or psychology, and we, we realize that one of the greatest qualities, and I just heard a wonderful lady say this in another room, it's when she became the passive observer of her life. Someone who was kidnapped at a very early age and became a slave, a sexual slave to someone. And she told this story and I was like, wow. And she decided to forgive this person. She decided to draw and paint and her work is just incredible. She shared this story and it totally inspired me to become more, to do more and to thank her for coming into my world. But ultimately... I think being positive is great, but there's more to the game of life. And I think part of that is when you're passively observing, is that positive? Is that negative? I don't think it's either of those things. It's neutral. When I had acupuncture when I was 19, I was going to have an operation to wire my pubis symphysis together. And as a last resort, I thought I'd try acupuncture. And I never forget the acupuncturist who was a Buddhist say to me, there is no right or wrong. Just thinking so makes it so. I thought, what do you mean? No, that's right. That's wrong. And I understood. It took me 20 years to understand what he was saying. But to be able to look at something and think, okay, what's going on? So as I start to wrap up what I'm saying, our world is in a very different place to what most of us would ever have imagined. The world has been turned upside down uh, a number of times over the last few years. And I think it's only just begun. We are living in a time of massive uncertainty, massive insecurity, massive fear. Who knows? But despite all of that, I want to come through this a better person and have inspired as many people as I possibly can to be excited about the possibilities of a new world that is beyond anything. And it's all about being humane to your fellow human being. I want to be the change that the world needs of me. I want to be a great example, Napoleon Hill. I want to be a great example to my parents who are no longer here. I want to be a great example to Gandhi, to Martin Luther King. I want to be the change. So if you want to be the change that the world needs, then the questions I would ask you is, what would you need to stop doing? Seriously, what would you need to stop doing? Again, I don't know because I'm not you. And what would you need to start doing? And that's why this year we launched a program which is free. We've had 7,000 people sign up to that program, 7,000 people. They all started with positive intention. Boy, if I knew who I was and I talked about a free program that was 30 days long and if I knew that you know, this is a person who's written all these books, who's spoken all over the world, worked with world and Olympic champions in sport, I would be like, I'm doing that program. But only 3.5% of people finished it. They started off, they were positive. What happened? Was it that they became negative? I don't think so. I just think that they drifted. 
And that's what Napoleon Hill spoke about. 98% of people in the world are drifting. Social media was designed with one intention. People say it was to be social. No, it wasn't. It was designed to manipulate people. And I love social media. Don't get me wrong, but we have to be careful because you invent the ship, you invent the shipwreck. And ultimately, a life for me is about the choice of who I want to be free. And you don't have to agree with anything that I've said, but I would like to thank you for giving me your attention because I think that our attention is an amazing gift that we've been given. What are you putting your attention on? What is it that is important to you? Who do you want to become? This year has been awesome. I was the first person to write a book on Clubhouse Culture. All of the money goes to charity. The second book, Clubhouse Creator by Gary Henderson, comes out in November. I've already bought that book. He bought my book like four months before it came out. I think he spent about $60 actually getting the book because him as a creator, he wants to help others create as I do too. This year we helped raise enough money to buy a farm for someone in Uganda um, and help to and help to feed 101 children. It's been an unbelievable year. It's been an unbelievable year. Even though my mum passed away and other things have happened, which I didn't necessarily want to have happen, but they have. I want to be the change that the world wants to see. What about you? What are you excited about for 2022? How can I help you? If you want to be a part of our Start One, Stop One challenge, you can. I've posted the link on, the, on here. It is an opportunity to install new habits using willpower, to create habits that run on, on autopilot via algorithms. That's where the world is going, algorithms. We can talk about artificial intelligence, but there's also the ancient intelligence that we all still have, this ancient brain that we're living in a world. We're not designed to be in this world. This world is far beyond what we really... We've just adapted. We've adapted. But I could go on and on all day, but I'm not going to say anything more apart from I really genuinely appreciate everyone's attention here. And I, if I can do anything to help you, there's some amazing people in this room. I want to once again thank Kenny and, and, uh, and Jan and everyone else, Maximilian, Erica, Ella, Tash, Diana, who's an awesome lady, Margot, Anna, who I know, Beverly, Far, Yang, Shelley, Elijah, Christopher, who I know. Christopher, great to have you here. Katie, Frank is in the house. And of course, Dr. Marina, who I'm definitely one of her biggest fans. So thank you. Thank you, Dr. Marina. Wow. Uh, thank you so much. You not only inspire us, but you talk very often about resilience, about how to reimagine wellness you have the solution for everything you you are talking about unlocking potential and also about uh, cultivating leadership at every level that to me is the very fabric of sustainable uh, living and sustainable in a way that means every person matters sustainability is about people and well, uh, I, I i really wanted to ask you about the the way you reimagine uh, wellness, how you rethink wellness, because you helped me. And I was in a very difficult moment when you sent me uh, a gift, and that was coffee, which I love, and everything changed for me. So I think while Thank we are you. talking about positivity, it's important to to show the, the little steps we can take 
the the the, the small hinges which are really opening uh, big doors so first off when you just said that the first thing that just came to my mind was my mum right so my mum passed away in march and her power came to me my dad when he passed his power came to me not all of his power but i just tapped in my dad always said son it's not what you know it's who so guess what who knows more people on clubhouse i don't know if more people know more people than me i, I don't know it's not a competition but i tell you what i know a lot of people because my dad trained me so well my dad was a rotarian for over 50 years and if you're a rotarian the motto of a rotarian is you seek service over self so i'm always seeking to serve but i've learned to serve myself because it all charity begins with oneself in the 20 in my 20s i massively burnt out i was diagnosed with chronic fatigue and me i wanted to end my life at various points because i was fed up with just being ill i had to learn to take care of myself and my mum always said there's an answer to everything she's not here anymore so if anyone comes to me i believe there's an answer to the problem that you have and if there isn't then i'll try and help you find the answer by by bringing you to somebody else but what you mentioned before, for me, health has to come first. Health is really where it is. For, for most people, the three areas of significance and importance, if you gave someone a better life, you could imagine that the areas they would want to have a better life would be their health, their energy, their relationships, and their wealth and their work. So with health, obviously, there's lots of things that we can do, like moving our bodies and sleeping. But then in terms of ingesting and you know putting things in your body – there are certain things in nature that are just so powerful. And one of those things, without doubt, is it's, there's a mushroom. It's called reishi or ganoderma. There's over 3,000 medical studies on it. There's over 500 on cancer. There's already three that have been done on COVID. There's a, over 120 on diabetes. And I've been consuming ganoderma every single day for nearly nine years. I came across it when my wife was given 18 months to live. And to say it's my superpower would be the biggest understatement ever. And we started distributing products that have reishi in it and Ganoderma, sorry, tea and coffee. But you can take it on its own. And if anyone wants to know anything about that, just Google it. Go to PubMed and type biggest medical database, type in Ganoderma and see for yourself. Uh, because nature is so powerful. It has many things in it that give life. And whether we realize it or not, mushrooms, specifically medicinal mushrooms, are the most nutritionally dense things on earth. They can kill you, they can make you hallucinate, and they can make you heal. And I just, you'll see over the next five, ten years that these substances are going to get a lot more light shone on them. And the only reason there's 3,000 medical studies is because pharma, big pharma, is looking to make the next blockbuster drug. Over 70% of cancer drugs have natural elements in them. So please don't underestimate the power of nature. But ultimately, Dr. Marino, it all comes down to one thing. It's choice. And many of us are privileged enough that we can make different choices. Unfortunately, we won't. Human beings are very predictable. And they tend to make choices very, very similar to the choices that they've already made. So a great life doesn't happen just by chance. It, it happens by design. It happens by choice. So thank you so much. I'm sure there's another speaker waiting to, to, to speak and take over. I, I apologize if I've run over into someone else's space, but I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm a clubhouser for life. I'm going to get a tattoo that says clubhouse for life. And I want to thank all the people in this room because there's some amazing people here and you know who I'm talking about.
So thank you so much. This episode is sponsored by MTN Press. MTN Press is the publishing house behind niche publications like Rich Human, Sovereign and the Quantum of Light magazines, all British brands with a global reach. They deliver the good news straight to the desk of decision makers, the CEOs, presidents, CFOs, consultants, investors, influencers, bankers, PR agencies, heads of global operations to name just a few. They also offer specialized support through a range of bespoke services, tools and systems to help publishers like you grow both their presence and business. Whether you are running a blog, a niche magazine or thinking to start one, their expert knowledge in the world of publishing can give you the tools and the expertise and the confidence you need to succeed. Check them out at mtnpress.co.uk or follow the link in the episode description.